The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Good morning, Wilson. How are you guys doing today? 28 days. 28 days we launch our Chambersburg campus. Make some noise. We are so excited what God is going to do in Chambersburg. And, and I want to say personally, thank you so much for all of your support. Whether you've been praying, whether you've given towards kingdom builders, we really believe that this is going to have an eternal impact. And I can tell you that already we've seen God working. We've seen God working and answering prayers, both small and large. And we're just super excited what God is going to do. This truly has been an only God story. And we haven't even, we're in the prequel stages. We haven't even launched yet. So we're super excited about what God's going to do. So thank you very, very much for all of your support. And we cannot wait for September 9th to get here. I want to say a very special thank you, too, to our lead pastor as well. Pastor Patrick, can you give him some honor today? Let's celebrate our pastor. I so appreciate the leadership of Pastor Patrick. I appreciate how dedicated he is to the calling that God has given him. And more importantly, the vision that he has in seeing us reach out to new places and new people with the love of Jesus Christ because it's, it's so important for eternity. And so I'm very thankful for him, for the opportunity, and just having a small piece of this coming up in Chambersburg. We literally cannot wait. One more person I want to say thank you to this morning, and that is your campus pastor, Jay Recto. Can we get some noise for Jay Recto and the house. Pastor Jay has gone above and over, over and above, whatever that is, uh, just taking care of, of everything. Um, he's taken me under wing. He's shown a lot of grace and a ton of leadership. And quite honestly, we would not be able to do what we're doing without his wisdom and guidance. So Jay, I say thank you so much. Thank you for your willingness and uh, putting up with me from time to time for the kingdom. Uh, leadership is very, very important. And uh, we know this because a lot of times we, we get stuck in a situation where we experience poor leadership. Maybe you have encountered that before in your life where maybe through a work situation or something else entirely, you have been the victim of poor leadership. Maybe you have a boss and it's just, it just is not going well and, and you feel the strain that, that comes from the decision that he makes because it affects the rest of your team. But also maybe it's on the flip side. Maybe you are the leader and you have made bad decisions before. You've miscalculated and when you've done that, um, you get to see the chaos that ensues afterwards, and you wish that you had done it differently in the first place. I'd like to share a little story with you today. This one, um, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I can trust you guys, I think, with this one. So Chambersburg, we are getting all ready for this, which means we have a ton of equipment arriving. You would not believe how much stuff goes into a mobile campus. It's, it's incredible. Um, and one thing that we had a great privilege was to go down to a church in Virginia that had some extra equipment, and they were willing to allow us to procure it from them. So we made all the arrangements, and we wound up going going out and getting a moving van and taking this down to Virginia, okay? Now, I've driven moving vans before. In fact, how many of you have driven a moving van here in your life? Awesome. Keep your hands up for a second. How many of you have driven a 26-foot moving van? If that's you, praise Jesus. I'm so thankful for you guys. Um, 
I'll be honest, I have never driven anything this large before in my life. I'm a pilot. I fly airplanes, but I've never driven anything this big before. And I'll be honest, me and it were not having a good time. It just, we were not getting along at all. And it, it just, uh, there's even a little statement on the side of it. It says, drives like a van, but hauls like a truck. And I'm like, lies, nothing but lies. So I was taking this thing down to Virginia. I took one of our staff members with us. And so I'm fighting this thing the whole way down to Virginia. It's empty. We get down there. I breathe a sigh of relief. We go ahead and load this thing up. And we, we packed this thing out. So we were out there in the sun. We were hot and sweaty. And we got loaded up. And we come back to Hagerstown. And when it was loaded, of course, it handled a little bit easier on the road. And we finally got back to Hagerstown. And I'm like, yes, the end is in sight. Nothing can possibly go wrong. I'm going to make it. I'm going to cross the finish line. And so I pull up here into our, our Wilson Boulevard campus, and uh, I, I come in, and after unload, or loading it down in Virginia and all that heat, my idea was, we're going to have staff up here to help us. Why don't we go ahead and we'll take it down to our family entrance, you know where our family entrance is at, and we'll put the ramp there, and that way everybody is unloading in the shade. So that was my plan. It sounded like a good decision. You know, I had a good heart behind it. And so as I proceed and take this thing up to the family entrance, all of a sudden, this thing comes to a stop. Like, I hit something. I hit something good. I mean, the kind of thing that brings a 26-foot moving van that is loaded to a, a crashing stop. And I, I hit something good. And I was like, what happened? And I looked at my, the staff members. And, like, oh. and uh, we're sitting there looking around like, seriously, what? And I didn't see anything in front of me. What, what, what happened? And then it finally dawned on me that our portico overhang down here doesn't have the 12-foot minimum requirement to slide this thing over. So I had literally run the moving van into the portico. If you don't believe me, you go outside afterwards, you'll see the hole where I left my mark on Lifehouse Church. <laughs> Oh, man, that was a fun conversation with Patrick. Uh, but anyway, um, you, you, my, my point is, is that you might say that's an accident, but it was still a decision that I made that I miscalculated. And as a result of that, you can imagine there was chaos. My poor staff member that was with me, uh, uh, poor guy, he will never ride in a vehicle with me ever again. I'm convinced of it. But he was slightly terrified. And so we figure out what happened. And of course, after this large bang happened, our loving Lifehouse staff came out and they comforted us by, you know, pulling out their cameras, taking pictures, saying, Justin, this explains why you are no longer an engineer because you can't calculate anything. It was great. Uh, so, but all, all this chaos and Susan, and here's my point with this is that uh, a lot of times in life, our leadership has the ability to bring calm or chaos. Um, and it happens all too often. You probably have experienced it at some point in your life, whether a, a, through a good situation or a bad situation, but probably the bad situations stick out in your mind more frequently. Um, you may have experienced it through the workplace. You may experience it within your family or whatever it might be. And uh, it just, it's, I think sometimes we get this impression that if we're going to have the good life, that we're almost on this island where nothing ever happens to us and we don't affect anyone else. And that's kind of like the, the imagery that we get. But really, if you think about it, there is always some level of leadership that is impacting our lives. And if we look at it a little bit more closely, I think you'll realize that your life is having an influence in others around you. And so today, is, we're going to be talking about leadership, but I want to address this right off the bat, is that every single one of you here today are leaders. Now, you might not think that. You may not think I have a title or a role for that, but you do because you have influence. We just got done having the Global Leadership Summit last week here at LifeHouse, and uh, one thing that they say in the summit is that everyone has influence. What are you doing with yours? Because your influence has an impact on people around you, both positively and negatively. 
But as we look around the world today, it's kind of hard to see that positive influence. Um, You think about it, you might have that situation with a boss that just cannot lead. It may be within your family, even in the political era. We we could go into that till doomsday. But seriously, there seems like there is a a lack of leadership. And it, it presents a crisis in today's world because people aren't stepping up as leaders. People aren't stepping up to be leaders to the things that they can influence and have a positive impact on. And what's even worse is that um, when we are affected with leadership, it eventually will come out of us. So think about it this way. If you have that situation at work where you have a supervisor that just doesn't understand and just makes your life misery, that what naturally probably will happen is you're going to take that out on your coworkers. Or eventually, when you go to that leadership position, you might, not even knowing it, replicate it. Um, you could also look at that when it comes to parenting. When it comes to dating, your past experiences seem to have an influence on where you go forward. And it begs the question of how how can we have a positive influence? If we are all leaders, how can we lead well in the midst of this chaos of society where things are out of control, where there is a definite lack, where can we lead? And as we pose that question of how can we do that, we've got a great example that's coming from God's Word, the Bible. And this is coming from the book of Titus. So in Titus, we have Paul and this young pastor named Titus. And they've been going on one of Paul's missionaries' journeys. And as they're out, they come to this place called Crete. Now, Crete is a small island just to the south of Greece. And this place does not have a good reputation. It is known for piracy. It is known that people are sluggish, that they're liars, that they're drunkards. It is not the place to be. But Paul decides, under inspiration of God, that's where they go to reach these people that are far away from Jesus. And when he does that, he leaves Timothy there, this young pastor, and says, I want you to start and lead this church here. In the midst of all this chaos, I want you to lead it and lead it well. And Titus is kind of beside himself because he's in the midst of a society that doesn't care at all about leadership, that has horrible influence, that's just living to themselves. And and so in the midst of this process, Paul writes Titus and he gives him these instructions. We find in Titus chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, This is why I left you in Crete, so you might put what remained into order. What Paul is saying is, I started writing the book with you. I wrote the first chapter. Now I want you to go ahead and finish the story. I want you to use the example that I have given you from the things I learned of Jesus, and I want you to apply them here in Crete. Regardless of what's going on in society, you stand strong as a leader. And to to Titus, that is a big task. That is a big task to do that with all the external influences going the other way. And this is what Paul is telling Titus to do. He says, if you're going to lead first, you've got to live what you lead. You've got to live what you lead. See, if we are going around our lives trying to tell people what to do and how to uh, live their lives, and then internally we're doing something else, it, it doesn't work that way. It has to start with us living it the right way before we lead. Fun fact, all of us are leading in some manner of speaking, whether you realize it or not, because you are living a life that other people are watching. And so he, he tells Titus, I want you to be careful about this. I want you to live correctly. I want you to do it the right way. And I think even in today's society, we have this opportunity. We are invited to be an influence, to be a leader. But oftentimes, we mess it up, or you maybe have seen people that have messed it up. Oftentimes, I think every leader has the intention of doing things well, of doing things right, of doing things the correct way. But 
it seems like over time, eventually something comes out of the woodwork. And something that was buried deep within, some level of corruption or wrong just comes out, and it winds up sabotaging that leadership. All of a sudden, their integrity is gone. All of a sudden, their character is gone, and everything that was said or spoken now is brought into question because of this internal problem that biblical authors call sin. Sin is the natural bent or desire that we have to go against God and live life according to ourselves, to live selfishly, to do what we want to do, to live for our own gain, uh, to make ourselves happy. And unfortunately, that internal drive sabotages um, not only our leadership, it sabotages our life. You see, because of that sin, it puts us on a crash course trajectory towards hell and damnation where we are going to be separated from God for forever. And this impacts our present life and the life to come. And it puts us in this terrible position of, well, how can I combat that sin? If I want to lead well, and I've got this thing inside of me that's going the opposite direction of good, how do I combat that? Titus continues here, uh, Paul writing to Titus, and he says this in Titus chapter 1, verse 9. Again, how to combat sin and live a life uh, that is meaningful and influential. He says, he must Hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Notice here it says he's got to hold firm to the trustworthy word. What's he talking about? He's talking about the words of Jesus Christ. He's talking about you've got to live in a manner that replicates the life of Jesus. And see, that's the key here is that when Jesus found out that, well, when he discovers that we have this sin, he was not content to leave us that way. So God, out of his love, sent Jesus Christ. And Jesus got involved. He said, I'm going to take on myself your sin and punishment. So Jesus Christ came and he lived a perfect life. He led great. He lived great. But at the end of his life, he chose to take on himself your punishment, your corruption, that sin that's burning within you that is leading you contrary to the things of God. Jesus willingly took on him to solve that problem. And he did this by dying on a cross because that was the only punishment that God would accept for payment for your sins because God is holy and he's perfect. So Jesus Christ willingly took on himself everything that we have done, you and I, the wrong things, the things that are visible, the things that are invisible, Jesus Christ places on himself and dies and takes the punishment. But then the incredible happens, almost the impossible. Three days later, Jesus Christ comes back to life. He has victory over sin, over the things that have separated from you from God. He has victory over them. He has paid the penalty in full for them. And because of that, we no longer have to be trapped in this corruption of sin in our lives that leaves us contrary, but we can choose to follow Jesus. And when we choose to follow Jesus, it changes everything. It allows us to live a pattern of life that is no longer defined by ourselves, meaning that when it comes to leadership and influence, it's no longer my best that I'm giving. Rather, it's the best that Jesus Christ has given me that will overflow out of my life. And that's the beautiful thing here when it comes to leadership is that uh, it, it really is nothing about us. It's nothing that we can offer. It's literally saying, God, use me in any way you can. I want to follow after you. And I mentioned earlier, some of us may sit here today and think, well, I don't, I'm not a leader. I don't have a position. I don't do any of this. Get this. Leadership is not defined by a role or a title. You don't find it there. Leadership is from following after Jesus. 
That is true leadership. Here's what I mean, is that if, um, if I was up here leading, or any other person, let's say, is up here leading, um, you're going to be following after them. If it's all about me, you're following a person. But if I'm following Jesus, you're no longer following me. You're following the example of Jesus Christ within me. The same is true for you. Whenever you live your life, you have influence on people around you, perhaps people you don't even realize. If you are 10 years old, you are influencing the nine-year-olds around you. When you are at work, whether you're a supervisor or not, you are influencing your coworkers within your family. All these things, that's not based on tenure and age. You're just around people, and people are watching you, and you have the ability to influence them because of what Jesus Christ has done in your life. So what does this actually look like if we were to apply this today? Well, Titus gives us some instruction here on what we should not have in our life if we are going to lead effectively, if we're going to live it. It says here in Titus chapter 1, verse 7, for an overseer, this is actually talking about church leadership. We are applying it to all leadership here because it's true as Jesus followers. For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. Can you say reproach with me? Reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. That is quite the list. And you might say, well, that's not, I don't struggle with all those things, but that's still quite a high standard of expectation for a leader. And that is what Paul has outlined to Titus as you are working in this environment of Crete where people are so far away from Jesus, you need to look for people that are living it the right way. And here's the key here is that in order to um, live what we lead, you first have to live before you lead it. You must live it before you lead it. It has to happen before. It's a transformation that takes place as we follow Jesus that those actions begin to come out of our lives and influence in the positive way. You really have a great opportunity to live it first before you lead it. You have an incredible opportunity. And when you think back to Titus here, Titus was really given this incredible opportunity to finish this work. God has given you a work that he desires to do in your life, and he beckons you to live it first before you lead it. Because the example of your life has the ability to point people back to Jesus Christ. Remember, the goal is not for us to become a leader in order to have influence. It's for us to become a follower of Jesus that points people back towards him. So we have to live in this manner. We have to live it before we can lead it. It's part of the process that God wants us to do. And interestingly enough, when we start looking at life through this lens, that I have to live it before I lead it, there's no sections of your life where you just live it. It's your entire life. That means there's no longer unimportant places and important places. No, they, they are all important. And they all have significance. And so as we choose to lead well, as we choose to have influence, we don't segregate it to a certain place of our life. It compasses all of our life. It's not that we live one way on Sunday or around certain people and then do whatever we jolly well desire other times. No, we live a life that is blameless before God. And that's the next thing I want to draw your attention to is that we are called to live blameless. We're called to live blameless. We read in this verse uh, just a moment ago about being above reproach. That means that people should look at us and see the good that is in our lives. They should recognize there's character, that there's integrity, that we are above fault or above accusation. Check this out. Titus chapter 1, verse 7. I want to reread a portion of this to you. It says that, again, this leader must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain. 
And here's the interesting thing is that this isn't just the things that are visible. It's also things that are invisible. The things that are seen and unseen. Because if we live our lives in one manner and then try to speak it or lead it in a different, we're hypocrites. We're doing the exact opposite of what we're saying we're going to do. We're, we're destroying our words by our lifestyle, and that does not point people to Jesus. It's very serious that we, we understand that we have to do this the right way. We've got to live this blameless life. Now, now, do we get this right all the time? Do I get this right all the time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But get this. We are not called to perfection. We are called to consistently chase and follow after Jesus Christ. That is our mandate. That is how we grow closer to him. And that's how we allow our influence to impact other people. Don't get caught in this trap that you are disqualified from any amount of leadership or influence because of your past. Don't let that get to you. Remember that as a Jesus follower, you are first forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And remember 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. It's a guarantee. So that when we mess up, we can go back to God and say, you know what, God? I blew it again. I didn't do the right thing. But I'm going to consistently come back to you. I'm going to choose to chase after you because I recognize that by my life, living blamelessly, that I can point people back to you, back to Jesus. Last year, I had the opportunity to go on a missions trip to Haiti. Um, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to going back in a couple of months. But one of the phrases that they say in Haiti a lot is that the bushes have eyes. I mean, that there are eyes everywhere. You can't hide anything. And particularly coming down as a foreigner, uh, they're definitely watching you and how you behave. And particularly knowing you're a foreigner and a Jesus follower, they've got their eyes on you. Folks, I want to remind you today that there are eyes in the bushes here too. People are watching you, even when you don't realize it. I can remember um, back at my previous job before I came to LifeHouse, I actually had an individual that came by my desk one day and he spoke to me about some things going on in his life because he knew that I was a Jesus follower. I had never talked to this guy before in my life. I knew who he was, but I had never spoken to him before in my life and it shocked me and then it made me think, man, all the times that I am viewed at work or in public or at home, everything I have got to be living blamelessly because you never know. You never know who's watching. You never know what opportunities may be given you because of the influence that you have through your lifestyle and how you live it. So live it blamelessly. I want to read you another verse here. So if we're going to live blamelessly, then what, does it, what should it look like? And this is coming from Titus chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. We are instructed to love what is good, to love what is good. So what does that mean? If we're going to love what is good, it means simply this, is that we're going to do things for the right reason, do good things for the right reason. And sometimes that can be kind of difficult to do. Sometimes we get trapped into wanting to do things for ourselves because we have a love of ourselves more than a love of others. In Mark 12, there's an interesting conversation that happens between some individuals talking to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, what is the greatest commandment of all? What's the greatest one? And he gives them two answers, not just one. He says, first off, you need to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So love God. and said, love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know why we overcomplicate this, but we are to love God and to love others. 
Now, take that principle and apply it to your lifestyle. If we recognize that our lifestyle has influence, which it does, if I'm following after Jesus and I'm choosing to love God first, to love others around me, that is going to bring a positive influence to people that I interact with. I'm going to be leading in the correct fashion. I'm going to be pointing people back to Jesus Christ. And it's so important. But oftentimes, I think our motivation is a little bit different. Our motivation for um, what we're doing in life comes back to what I want. And even sometimes if we try to do things the right way, we may have something hidden inside that is the wrong motivation. And I can tell you this, that if you have the wrong motivation for how you're influencing others, eventually it's going to come out. Eventually you're not going to be able to hide it anymore. Eventually it's going to come and show your true colors, kind of what I mentioned about before, that seems like people that seem like they wanted to do right, they wanted to lead well, eventually this corruption of sin comes out. So we need to love what is good. We need to chase after God with everything we have because when we follow him, people will see Jesus Christ within us and then they will choose to come along and grow in their faith and that relationship with Jesus. Now here at Lifehouse, we take this leadership thing very, very seriously. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Patrick and his leadership because he is not just demonstrating it, he is investing it into all of us. Not just the people that are here on staff, he's investing it into all of us because we all have influence. You have the opportunity to impact a generation, a workplace, a schoolyard, with the love of Jesus Christ that's demonstrated through your lifestyle. That's why it's so important to live it before you lead it. It's not just a teaching. It's not just something we do. This is something we've accepted as a lifestyle choice of how we want to apply it in our lives. And this is what I want to, to kind of communicate to you guys is that we're leading it first. We're not going to sit here and ask you to do anything that we would not do ourselves already. In fact, most of the time, we're already doing it. So when we talk about giving or generosity, we're going to do that first. We're not going to invite you to do something that we're not going to do. When we invite you to pray with us about certain things, it's because we're there and we want you to join us on the journey. You see, with leadership, a lot of times, it's almost like it's an iceberg. You only see the top 10% that's sticking out of the water, but below it, there's a whole lot more going on. And you may never see behind the scenes of that. You may never see, uh, and this is true, I'm not talking about us, I'm talking about this in your lives too, as you influence people. People may never see the pain that you carry, the cost for your leadership, for the stand that you take, but it is worth it. It is worth it for the amount of influence you have that can point people back to Jesus. Folks, I want to be very real with you at the moment. We got to take this more seriously. We've got to take this more seriously. You have influence, whether you believe it or not. You are leading right now. Think about that. It's not that you're going to be leading uh, tomorrow or a year from now when you have that title. No, it's not. You're leading right now in the place right where you're at. If someone is to look at your life, which again points to your leading, what would they see? Would you want them to replicate everything out of your life? And this is where I wanted to speak to you very, very candidly. Is I, I am, I've seen too often where sin has crept in where Satan has come and he is trying to take out leadership within us. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of people getting taken down because they let their guard down. They think they can handle it. And folks, as you examine your life today, remember every moment is significant. If we're going to live it before we lead it, that means blamelessly all the time. And I'm convinced that there is probably people here today that you've got something stuck in a dark corner that you don't think that people see. 
that you think you can handle, that you still think you can be a good positive influence in the world today and just let it kind of stay there in the corner and it will be fine. Folks, it's not. It's going to come out eventually. And that's why I want to encourage you today. Don't let that there. This is too important. Your influence is literally going to change lives one way or the other. Point them back to Jesus Christ. Give it everything you've got. Now, as we've talked today, maybe as you've listened, you said, man, I don't think I can do that at all. There's no way I can lead or have any amount of influence. I can't hit that list. You're right. You can't. It's impossible. You need Jesus. If you've never made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it is incredible because it changes your life. It changes the core of who you are. It says that I'm no longer going to be chained to this. I'm no longer going to have this corruption inside of me. I'm going to follow you. It changes everything. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're realizing you've been trying to lead this thing on your own too much. And you're saying, God, I'm choosing you today. But for others of us here today, I think there may be some things going on in your life that you need to get taken care of. And folks, I want to tell you, don't wait. It's just going to get uglier and uglier. Take care of it now. God wants you to be free of that. He doesn't want you to be defined that. He wants you to be defined by the name of Jesus Christ. He wants that to overflow out of your life. He wants it to overflow abundantly. He wants you to have this incredible impact on the world that's around you that will count for eternity. So I'm begging you today, please, if there's something going on in your life that you know, that you know is going to sabotage your influence now or in the future, take care of it today. Have that conversation. Whatever needs to take place, get that right. Because if not, we're living a lie. We've got to lead it. We've got to live it right from the beginning. I want to invite you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to talk to God here in a moment, but perhaps today you're making those decisions. I want you to make those decisions right now. Have that conversation with God. Let him know your heart. He already knows it anyway, so speak it to him. But God, Lord, today we say thank you so much for Jesus Christ. God, Lord, thank you that that is the ultimate example of leadership, the one that we are called to follow after. And God, Lord, I pray that we would do that more consistently. God, Lord, I pray for those today that are realizing that they've been trying to lead their life without you and that today they're going to make that decision. God, Lord, I pray you give them boldness. I pray you give them confidence, God. It's a huge thing, but it changes everything. So God, Lord, I pray that you be with them right now as they make those decisions. God, Lord, I pray for others of us as well. We know we got some things we got to work on. God, Lord, I pray that right now you convict us. You'd break us. That we would look it straight in the eye and see how ugly it is and say, I am not going to let this sabotage the life that God has called me to live. I am not going to let this shatter the influence I have to the people around me. Today, God, I am asking for forgiveness because you promised to forgive. Today, God, I am giving this to you. God, Lord, would you give them courage to do that, to have the conversations, to fix whatever it might be, that God, Lord, you would be honored and glorified. God, Lord, we want to live it, and we want to lead it just for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.